Hey everyone, this is Dan Willis and you're listening to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 with Melanie Ake. This is Everyday Leaders. I'm your host, Melanie Ake. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today's guest will share the disciplines that he's practicing every day that is allowing him to achieve and teach others how to live a life of success. Dan Willis, millennial keynote speaker, is my guest today. Everyday Leaders 50 and 50, show six of 2019, starts now. Welcome to the program, Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Dan Willis, thank you for joining us this morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Dan and I connected through LinkedIn, which I absolutely love LinkedIn. My company, Make Connections for Life, (laughs) is all about connections. And I am passionate about bringing people on this program that are inspiring me. And so Dan, as a millennial keynote speaker, relational marketer, and on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, it is amazing of what you're doing. And so I really appreciate you taking time this morning to join us and share your story. I'm excited to be on. So tell me, when we uh, when we connected, it was through some other media channels here on LinkedIn, but what inspired me and, and what kind of connecting and watching your story is this whole millennial theory. Uh, so many of my guests, you know, talk about these challenges that they have in business or that they're facing or that they're talking about. It's a constant content, um, you know, theory of how do we bring these generations together and, and um, really have that synchronicity, right, of different people's mindsets and ideas. And so tell me what your beliefs are about how millennials are becoming stronger in the marketplace today. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting for me that if you get a room of a bunch of different generations together, and you go back to the older generation, the generation in their 80s and 90s right now, and put them in a room with millennials. They actually get along really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those two generations are both generations that just operate a little bit differently than everybody in between. And what I started to pick up on and realize was it's because of the social aspect. The, the far older generation was social face-to-face, and the millennials are very social, but They've done it in a digital age. Mm-hmm. And so really what I've, what I've been coming to, to teach and, and show every generation is it's just about having conversations and building relationships. You, I, I've heard from so many businesses that it's so difficult to engage with millennials or millennials just aren't buying in the way that they used to. Other generations have. And it's because you have to approach them in a different way. They're looking to build a relationship. They don't buy into brands and fat, fancy advertising. They, they buy into community and message. They're, mm-hmm. they're looking to engage and build meaningful relationships. So the brands that you see that are blowing it up with millennials are the ones that have taken that time to say, we're not just about a product. We're about an ideal. And we recognize that you are people and we are people and we have similar passions. So Nike and Apple, they do a fantastic job with that. And a lot of the brands that are struggling are the ones let's say the automotive industry, where they just throw up all these ads of millennials driving their cars and they wonder, why aren't they buying? Mm-hmm. Well, there's no connection. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no direct relationship being built there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm really having a blast with that of just telling people it's really about getting on and, and just like we're doing right now, having a conversation, building a relationship, finding common ground, 
just like you would in the real world. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. And so I have to I have to ask you this question because I'm a huge follower of Simon Sinek. <laughs> so what kind of ideas do you bring into your talks uh, related to what Simon Sinek believes? So knowing your why is, is key, but as far as how that is going to apply for a brand or you in business is knowing your why will also show you who you belong with. Mm-hmm. A lot of whys pair really well together. If if my why, for example, was going out and becoming the greatest athlete ever known, and yours was engaging with millennials in a powerful way, those two could overlap in certain ways, but they're not direct ties. Finding people that have very similar whys that overlap is, is so crucial and so key. And a lot of the times it saves a lot of hassle, groundwork, and headaches when you get a group of people together that have aligned whys. Uh, for those of you that don't know Simon Sinek, I- I'm sure everybody does at this point, but his concept is know your why. It's, it's don't commit your life and your, your passion and your purpose to something that you don't find personally fulfilling and, and you're focused on, you're dedicated to. So for, for me, in, in building millennials out, what I realized was it wasn't just building millennials out, it was building out this millennial marketplace where relationships take priority over spew marketing or puke marketing is what I call it, <laughs> where we, you, can't just, you can't just vomit all over people and expect them to enjoy it. You have to genuinely reach out and be relational. You have to find how your product or service meets people's needs and come to them in a place of not constantly pushing, but instead relating to them and saying, oh man, I, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. That's, that's kind of why I found this solution over here or why I created this solution over here. Exactly. And and so I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, if you haven't followed people that are talking about this millennial generation, it's really important to understand people's perspectives, because I love what you said in connecting the older and the and the millennial generation. You know, they have the same why they want to socially connect and we all just do it in different ways. And so we've got to really understand, you know, when we're in a group, when we're in a work setting, when we're in a social setting, you know, how did those people, you know, what's the first step that you would, um, that, that you would really encourage a, an older generation, or let's say a baby boomer, right? If they're in a work environment and they need to connect to a millennial, what would you recommend them to kind of take a first step and do? All right, guys, this is the hardest thing you're going to hear all day. I recommend you start with hello. <laughs> And I know that's a crazy, it, it sounds oversimplified, but it really is that simple. And it, it's funny because you talked about how we, we met up on LinkedIn, right? And a lot of the podcasts and the events that I do, when people go back and, and ask, where did you meet this guy? How did you guys connect? Often they can't remember because the simple fact is we met with a hello. Mm-hmm. I saw something in a feed or you saw something in a feed that you went, oh, our why's probably a line here. Let's start with Hello. Let's put out a connection. Let's just say hi and and see what's going on and and start that conversation. But the reality is it starts with hello. There's nobody that's going to be so offended by you walking up and saying hello, whether it's digitally or in person, that they're going to shut you down right there and ignore you. Mm -hmm. Everybody will do you the courtesy at least of a hello back. And then you go through that standard motion. I teach this to my children. They say hello, they introduce themselves by name, they say a little bit about themselves, and then the relationship goes from there. If there's a conversation worth happening, it will naturally evolve. It doesn't need to be forced. If there's not a conversation that's going to naturally evolve, well, at least you've introduced yourself to another person. 
I, I love that because when I think about, you know, some of the experiences that I've had with younger generations and I hear them talk about, you know, being a little bit um, insecure or, or being a little bit concerned about having to have face-to-face conversations with um, with people or with if they're going in for interviews or a job interview. Um, you know, why can't we just text or why can't we just email or why can't we just, um, you know, do it in a, in a social kind of media way instead of a face-to-face? And so what do you think about that? Like, what do you think from your studying, from your speaking, from your connection with millennials specifically, what is that? What do you feel like they're communicating to, to the rest of the world when they say, I would rather just have a text or an email or you know, is it because of the quicker response and that kind of that, you know, instant gratification or reward or connection with someone versus setting up a physical face-to-face appointment? Yeah. So for me, it's all about the value in the relationship, right? So I hear, I hear this often and I think it's, I think it's a myth that's spread about millennials, not by millennials, because if you walk into a Starbucks, what are you going to see? Predominantly, you're going to see 30 millennials sitting in a Starbucks talking and having coffee. So face-to-face social isn't something that they're not comfortable with. It's something they're quite comfortable with. You look at these massive conferences and parties and events worldwide, and millennials are showing up in force. Mm -hmm. They're there. So face-to-face interaction isn't the problem. It's the value and the process that's the issue. Mm -hmm. And this is a big conversation. You mentioned human resources and hiring. This is a conversation that I have regularly with human resources components inside companies saying, The issue isn't with the millennials. The issue is with your interview process. Mm -hmm. A millennial doesn't understand why there needs to be a three or four part interview process when everything that needs to be said could technically be done in a single meeting over a coffee. (laughs) So if we scrap that mentality of please send me your resume and it has to be a formal resume from the 1960s, not your LinkedIn profile, right? Yeah. Um, So send me a formal resume instead of a LinkedIn profile that showcases you far better shows me all of your connections, your experiences, your references, your recommendations. I want to, I, I just want a one page boring letter instead. You've already lost the millennials because there's a disconnect there. Mm-hmm. They, they don't understand why something that's better can't be used. And then it's, well, come in for a meeting. We'll do a 15 minute meeting. We'll send you home. Then if we like you, we'll call you back for another half hour meeting with somebody different. And then if we like you again, we'll have you back for another hour and then you <laughs> might get the job. <laughs> It's, it's redundancy, so and in a, in a society that's moving so much faster, uh, it's not just on millennial. I, often when I when I lay it out this way, even people in the boomer generation go, yeah, that, that's kind of broken, and, and it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Mm-hmm. And so it's not just millennials that have that understanding. I think it's more so identifying in this world, we need to update a lot of the systems that we're using. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a high-profile millennial position that you want to get filled, let's say it's in a marketing or an advertising or a sales position – and you reach out to them and say, oh, man, this guy looks really good, or this, this, this woman looks fantastic for the position. You go on LinkedIn and you find them. Do you need their resume? No. You've already looked at their LinkedIn profile. You know who they are. You know what they can do. Mm-hmm. So what should the reach be? How should you connect with them? Hey, I love your resume. Do you have 15 minutes to get on a Zoom call, or do you have a half hour to get on a Zoom call? If they're local, hey, do you have a half hour to meet me at a, a Starbucks or come into the office? I know most offices now have that open concept barista in-house great. Invite them in for a coffee. You know what the answer is you're going to get nine times out of 10? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'd love to. Mm -hmm. Then they come in, you have the coffee, don't waste the half hour. Forget all the, 
what do you want to be in five years? Just <laughs> lay it out there. Hi, I saw your LinkedIn profile. I think you're perfect for the job. Do you like the job? Yes? No? Yes? Great. Let's talk a little further. Great. I'm the decision maker. I think this looks fantastic. When can you start? Exactly. In a half hour. <laughs> I it's love that. that easy. It, why are we wasting weeks doing something that could be accomplished in a half hour over coffee? Mm-hmm. Even better, now that that millennial understands that your corporation isn't about this outdated system and, and process, they're more comfortable coming into the job in the first place. They have that understanding that the culture is one that is more forward thinking. They're about building relationships and that's how they run their business. So you look at some of the big businesses that have emerged lately. Shopify is a massive story. It's exactly that. They're nearby me here. They're international headquarters in Ottawa. And you walk in and right away, it's just people being polite. Oh, hey, hey, what are you doing here? How how can we help you? where, Where can we go? Can we get you a coffee? And right away, you don't feel like you're in a place of business as much as you're just in a place where there's this community doing this amazing thing and everybody's more comfortable in that environment Mm -hmm. well and and everybody is because you think about the old you know olden days right even andy griffith they went to a coffee shop they went to a common place to be able to to meet and connect with people and so if we bring these ideas back in and it's just now that it's changing so much faster right we've got the power of the internet we've got the power of zoom we've got the power of every corner there is a coffee shop it's not like you have to go three miles down the street (laughs) it's right in your neighborhood and so that ability right that ability to kind of bring that back in to our social environment in everything that we do not just you know meet friends on the weekend it's everything our career changes our decisions about you know our environment our churches our our social um, activities right everything that we do is this power exactly it yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I mean, I'm sitting here with a coffee. I don't know if you have a coffee. I, I do. Coffee. Let's raise our glasses. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly it. Here we are I, in two different sections of the world, building a relationship. Hopefully all of your listeners right now are sitting there with a nice cup of coffee of coffee is their bag. And we're all having a coffee together. That's the beauty of podcasts. That's why podcasts are taking off. It's so People cool. are comfortable and it's more about the relationship than just sitting down on a radio and having talk radio. Talk radio bores people to tears listening to one guy talk for two hours. <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to that. No. Podcast is so much more Yeah, I mean. What do you think? But, but you know, I hear a lot of people, though, that even I've interviewed, and they started out doing podcasting with their own. So they had their own talk radio. They they only talked about things that were important to them. And, and so then they said, how did you figure out like it was about other people? You know, and so I really, it's really interesting. And, uh, and I just kind of think, well, that was the reason that I wanted to start this because I wanted to connect to people. I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to understand their influence and their, and their direction and their understanding of how they connect to the world. And so I, I just think it's really interesting that maybe, you know, even five years ago when podcasting uh, kind of came back into kind of forum of, you know, the different radio program, as you say, uh, People have changed the format in which they're doing them because it's not just I want to tell you what I believe, right? I want to connect to people in a different way. And that's really key, too. I think that's a really great value that you just brought up uh, because it's true. We have to stretch ourselves and we have to really understand the world isn't about us. <laughs> it's about helping other people achieve success, right? Well, yeah, and it, it is about us, but it's not about you. It's about all of us together for sure. And I know my own podcast that I have, it's, it's, it is a talk radio format where it's just me talking, but 
it's short form content. Yep. Every podcast episode I do is one minute long. Yep. That's it. Yep. Right? Exactly. People exactly. are willing to listen to a minute. <laughs> Because it's coaching. It's really about, you know, the format. And that's kind of what I was going to, <laughs> didn't mean to say that your podcast wasn't valuable, <laughs> but but it is about how you, you construct your podcast, right? So if it's informational, things Absolutely. like that, but, you know, having an hour long of just like a radio broadcast of here, I'm going to read you what the local news is, and I'm going to tell you what my opinion is on it. You know, I think people are more quicker to go to social media and click on the things that are important to them and do quick little instructional coaching is is how I kind of see it now it's really successful and people that can say it's a quick video I'm going to watch this I'm going to listen to this and then I'm going to learn something from it that can help me with you know focusing the day uh, and, and what I want to be successful with in my life today so I think it's so powerful now and you've got to figure out who you can connect to who inspires you who you can get that message from so that you can kind of redirect your thoughts and get the right mindset for the day that's key that's key um tell me a little bit about you know you've got so many connections with people and and you're doing so many great things what are some of the books that you're reading uh that have really influenced your thoughts behind kind of what your passion is I was getting a ton of feedback. Were, and I don't know why. And I, I, I can't answer that question. Is it Vietnam.com or anything like that? Are you there? Yeah, I lost the Bluetooth connection on a device. And great job it's a bluetooth xlr connection into my mixer and it's just always just a chance it always works all the time and, and i'm like what is going on and i'm going to try to re- i'm going to try to reconnect it here so hang on let me go for it um <laughs> i'm sorry i'm you just try to improve your qual- call quality. I, I work on it all the time for our English nurse and stuff and, and um, just, uh, just uh, I guess it's an ongoing battle. Um, Dan, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Let's keep testing it here. <laughs> I think there's a ghost in the studio. <laughs>
Can you call back in on the same number again real quick? Thanks, thanks, thanks. I think so. Oh, there, I can hear him. Dan? Dan, are we back? Hi. <laughs> that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> I always love a, a surprise like that, just hopping in. Oh, like, man, oh I apologize. God. I was like, what? Dan, what happened? Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> my, my next question is, do you guys even remember where you were? <laughs> yes. So my question, yes. actually... <laughs> Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, show. So, Dan, I was asking you here. We got a little interruption, which was pretty hilarious because um, we have to go on. The show must go on. But I was asking you a little bit about, you know, when you focus on millennials, what are the books or the mentors that you're following to help inspire this group of individuals? Yeah. I mean, it, it's amazing to see and I guess it was about three or four years ago now that I really, the message I was putting out there is I give you permission. And it, it, it is funny to see that in many ways, the millennial generation was kept young for so long. Mm -hmm. And so there's still many of them in their late twenties looking for somebody to say, okay, yeah, go do that. Mm -hmm. Just, just go do something you love. Mm -hmm. You have my permission. And it, I, I'm not faulting, I'm not faulting anybody specifically, not millennials, not their parents. Parents wanted what was best for their kids, and so they, they guided them for a really long time. But with that oversight, you also you dwarf a lot of the trials that they would have faced in, in crafting their own identities and pursuing their own passions. And they bought into that, that promise from the 1950s of you grow up, you go to school, you go to college, you get a wife, you get kids, you work a job for 30 years, you die. That's, that's the promise, right? It's, it sounds like a fantastic life. Mm -hmm. But the reality is a lot of millennials are looking at, at people that they admire and appreciate, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, going, these guys didn't follow that mold. Mm -hmm. they, they grew up, they went to college, they dropped out, they did their thing, then they got married, then they you know, got married again, and they had some kids, or they didn't have kids. And, and there's so many more options open to them. And so they get confused trying to mix the two together. Are we supposed to live this promise? And if not, well, what are we supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. And so the response that I get a lot of them is, what do you want to do? Right. <laughs> okay, go do that. You have my permission. Mm -hmm. Go go ahead and go do that. What would that look like? Well, I might fail. Oh, that's true. That's true. You might fail. Go fail a thousand times then. If you're truly passionate about it, you're willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the millennials that I talk about and I talk to, they do that. They go do that and they fail once and they fail twice and they fail... And this is not something new. This is something that's existed for a long time, but this is not what's being taught. And so once they get exposed to that idea that failure isn't necessarily a bad thing, it's a thing that is necessary to success, that's when they start to really click and take off. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm allowed to fail. Not only am I allowed to fail, I'm encouraged to fail because Dan told me to. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, go do that. I, I would rather have one person doing what they love and failing a thousand times than going out and doing something they despise and being mediocre at it for 30 years. That's exactly right. And you know, my, uh, so I was certified through John Maxwell a few years ago. And that personal connection to me is my own kind of story. But, but bringing that back into uh, the, the idea that we only focus on our strengths, 
right? We're only going to get better if we focus on our strengths and the things that we connect to and the things that we love. And, and so in school, right, one of his examples that he teaches is right when we start into our program is, hey, remember when you were in school, remember when you had those grades, right? Remember when that report card came out and you were really good in math and science, but you weren't so good in physical fitness. You weren't so good in, you know, uh, maybe the woodworking or shop or whatever. And so what you were told to do in school, right, in these 12 years of school that you have your, your foundation for your life is you need to get better in these. You need to pass these classes. You need to focus on your weaknesses. And so this whole idea and, and kind of this support of do what you're great at. Focus on that. If you're great in math, go get into these math clubs. Go, to, go get into these LinkedIn, um, Facebook connections where you can excel in the things that you're really strong in and find out where that's going to take you. Right. And that is kind of a different mindset from when you, you know, and we say millennials just because they have come along and to, you know, getting into college and then figuring out like what direction am I going to go? And if I don't pick a direction, school is really expensive. (laughs) And if I have to pay for it myself, you know, it's just going to keep adding up to these bills that I have or if I have to get a loan. Right. What will that look like for me if I can't make the right decision? So it's really scary for them. Yep. And I mean, a lot of the times they say, well, that's easy for you to say you are where you are now. Mm -hmm. And for me in my own story, uh, I was a high school dropout. I I never went to college, right? That just wasn't something I did. Instead, I just dove into the world head on and wrestled and fought and failed and blood, sweat and tears. And 10 years later, I am where I am. Mm -hmm. And and people go, well, that can't work. We were told that definitely can't work. (laughs) That's not a model for success. And I, I... I agree with them. I say, absolutely. I don't advocate anybody does it the way that I did it. But the reality is I learned through failing. Right. You learned through somebody telling you you're not allowed to fail and look at where we ended up. Mm-hmm. There's there's uh, Richard Branson, the guy that owns Virgin, right? He's a high school dropout. Yep. Love him. The man is building space shuttles. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, and it's the creativity. So when we talk about, I I love kind of going into the theme of curiosity and creativity, you know, what helped you as you were a high school dropout and thinking about what step I was going to take to explore my strengths? How did you kind of let yourself reflect and be creative in that space and kind of go, oh, I'm curious about this or I'm curious about that? What was the kind of the key to help you kind of get inspired to go in that direction? So there, there was kind of two major points that had to be focused on. And the first one was I did what every high school dropout did. I went and flipped burgers and I learned very quickly. I hated that. <laughs> I hated that in a, in a very serious, in a very real way. And that was the first big failure. And I realized, Oh, if I just keep doing things that I hate, eventually I'm going to find something that I love. And one of the things that I found that I loved was first crafting my own vision of where I wanted to go. And then second, helping others do the same. And using the the experiences of my own life to help others get to where they wanted to go was a big part of that. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, I I did work at McDonald's first and a couple of other restaurants, and I picked up knowledge about business along the way. So all of those failures added up with some background knowledge as well. You pick up things as you fail forward, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But eventually, I did have a, a turning point where one of our daughters passed away at a young age at three months old of, of SIDS. And it was a terrible experience. Um, but it really caused me to pause and look at everything and go, am I doing what I love? Am I doing this 
because if I die tomorrow, I'm going to be passionate that I lived a life that was fulfilling and it was everything that I wanted. No, it's not. And I realized that if life is that short, that I'm going to wake up tomorrow or I'm not, I want to be doing something I love every day. And I, I'm, I'm committed to that concept from that point on. And again, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I don't wish high school dropout on anybody. And I wouldn't want anybody to experience a loss like that. But that moment of clarity that comes from those hardships and those trials and those, those failures, it, it just gives you a clarity and a focus of whatever's happening now isn't what I want. And if I know that these failures aren't what I want, then I'm going to start moving towards something I do want in a very real and a very visceral way. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love what you just said. And I think this is really powerful, Dan. It's about reflection, right? It was that one time. It was that one moment. It was that one place in your life that you decided, do I want this? Or why has this happened? Why is this important to me? How can this help me put perspective in my life to kind of drive the next step, the next journey, the next belief, right? And so that is really critical that a lot of people forget to do. Things happen to them, but then they forget to reflect and really feel that, really be able to step into you know, what is this supposed to mean to my life? Not just, hey, this was sad or this was, this was traumatic or, you know, it, it paralyzes me, right? Some people, when things happen like that, completely stop their lives for a moment or a season in time because they're not sure how to react to the next step. And so that's really, really critical that you, you know, you say, hey, I've got to reflect on this. And then this is where it's going to go next. This is going to propel me to really understand, right, that this life that I have is is about purpose. So that's, that's exactly it. It's really, really critical. I love, thank you for sharing that. And, um, and I didn't know that. And so I really appreciate you being so transparent. Uh, this is what the show is about, you know, really to help people step into their own reflection and think, what was it for me, right? What was that time that I should have maybe paid more attention to or what's happening in my life today that I can redirect my energy and my thoughts so that I can do something great in the world. That's the key. And it seems really counterintuitive. We're in a world that, that encourages go, 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 go. There's that, that hustle mentality and that hustle culture out there. And don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to hustling. My days are filled. I do 14 hour days, six days a week. My days are filled. Okay. But the reality is, if you don't learn to pause, just put on the brakes and reevaluate. I take time every year. I take two weeks off every year at the end of December to reevaluate everything. Am I, am I doing what I love? Are my kids doing what they love? Is my wife doing what she loves? Are my clients doing what they love? I take that two weeks and I just don't do anything. <laughs> and that moment of clarity where I put the brakes and the world goes, we can't get him. He's not on the phone. He's not on email. Everything's burning. No, it, that never happens. Surprisingly, everybody knows Dan's not there for two weeks. <laughs> and when I come back, the clarity and focus that I have on the direction I want to go and why I want to get there is just so poignant. And everybody understands and appreciates that. Mm-hmm. And so I really do recommend that. And I see it over and over and over again. If somebody gets fired from a job or there's a car accident or somebody overcomes a battle with cancer, get out of their way because they're going to move like a steamroller into the next thing. And it's because they were forced to stop Mm -hmm. and evaluate. Mm -hmm. So take that time. 
again, I don't want any of those hardships to befall you in order for this to happen. Mm -hmm. You can make a conscious decision of, hello, work, I would like to book off one week or a weekend, a day. Take something to yourself and go away from it all. Exactly. Turn off the phone. Yes. Turn off the email and just focus. What do I want? Am I doing that? If not, how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And disconnecting. And that's that's so hard in the world that we live in today, right? Because we have this phone that Steve Jobs created to say, I want this to be connecting in everybody in the world. Then we have Facebook. Then we have LinkedIn. And so we feel isolated in a lot of environments if we don't have our phone, right? You go to a restaurant and everybody's got their phones on the table because we're still trying to connect with people about what we're doing. We want them to see everything it is that, you know, that we're doing in our world so that we can feel like people understand uh, where we are, what we're doing. But having that time to say, if you can put it into your life, right? What I've been learning is if you can create that time of reflection every day and you can be consistent with it, you're not so overwhelmed when you decide to disconnect, you're not just saying, I'm only going to do it for a week. I'm only going to do it for a day a week. If you get up with the idea that you, you know, on a routine, you exercise, you meditate, you read, whatever that is, if you have a space dedicated to being able to say, this is where I go to do this activity, right? It helps you then be more, be even stronger to say, I'm taking a week, I'm taking two weeks, I'm going to disconnect because that is healthy. (laughs) That's not something where you're stressed out and you need a break. It's you're doing it for intentional reasons. And that is so important that you are doing this in your life, Dan. And that sharing that is really going to help people be successful in everything that they do because you got to pivot, right? You've got to pivot and decide, is this what I want to engage in? for my next step in my journey. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is massive. And I mean, one of the other things that I do is the Jocko Willink thing, which is mm-hmm. uh, I'm up at 4.30 every morning. Mm-hmm. When, when I've got clients to manage that are international, I've got some European clients, some, some people on the East Coast, some people on the West Coast. Most of my day is dominated with work. And then with seven kids, my, my, my quiet time, let's say, is, is fairly well dominated in the evening. So for me to have that time of clarity, I have to be up at 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. But that hour that I get to myself of, of silence, where nobody in the world is up, it's so crucial to the success that I have. Mm-hmm. Because once the lights start to go on and people start to wake up in the world, I've already been at it. And my focus is there and I'm driven. And people go, holy cow, you're such a morning person. No, I'm not. I've just been up since 4.30. Mm-hmm. I've had a pot of coffee by now. You know what I mean? That's exactly so it, right. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. Taking that time to really align yourself, get focused, and know the direction you're heading in, and just full steam head towards it, it's so vital. So vital. It's so vital. Dan, I really appreciate everything you've taught us today. I'm so glad that we have connected. This has been really an amazing journey of of mine today with you to just understand what your passion is and how you can, you know, it's the similar belief, right? I said in my 2018 podcast that what I learned was everybody has the same belief about themselves. That is what makes us successful. And if you can get to the point where you can connect to people, connect to other generations, connect to your own purpose, that starts your own mindset and your own belief and makes you stronger every single day towards what your journey is going to be. And like you've said, failing forward is critical to learning 
you know, to get there quicker, <laughs> to get to the success train a lot faster in your life. But it doesn't have to be the same path for everybody. Everybody's going to have their own unique space. And so really understanding that and connecting to that. How can people connect to you, Dan? How can they book you? How can they reach out to you to have you come speak to them uh, and be included in their life? Uh, the three best ways you're going to find me, LinkedIn is the best way to connect to me professionally. So I, I do private consultancy for firms. If you guys are interested in having me come in and speak to your firm, I'm happy to do that. LinkedIn is the best way to get me there. If you want to hear more of me jabbing at you, YouTube is the place to be. <laughs> and if you want to catch me on the fly, wherever I am throughout the day doing craziness and talking to people, I'm on Twitter. Those are, those are the big three that I really focus on. So uh, I'm easy to find on all of them. If you search Dan Willis, Millennial Motivator, I'll come up. Uh, and I never turn anybody down. I'm very quick to hit the connect. Like I said, I'm on there 14 hours a day. If you send me a request, I'll find you. Excellent. Well, Dan, thank you very much for your time this, this morning. And I really appreciate it. Have a fantastic 2019. And I will make sure to uh, get this out to you and, and everybody connect, connect, connect. That's what the world's all about. And, and use any of us that can help you make that connection in your life. So thanks so much, Dan. Have a wonderful weekend and a great 2019. Out of blast. Looking forward to getting to know all of you.